0: This is Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again.
0: Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Happy Friday, post. Oh, Happy Black Friday, everybody. Go buy something. Something's on sale. Take advantage. Adam Azer and Jamie Eisberg. You going to buy anything today, Jamie? No, not a thing. All right. I am. Maybe, maybe food. I'm definitely going to buy food. I'm going to do a grocery order. But I am going to buy a dishwasher today. Oh, nice. Big day for us here. It is Dishwasher Friday. you have a dishwasher? It is... Yes, needing it needs to be replaced. It was a, a punch in the gut, but yes, we have to get a new dishwasher. It's hard
1: when you when you have appliances that break. We are actually uh, dealing with. We don't know the uh, issue. We have um, I don't know if you call it an electric sink, um, but it's a push, like an automatic sink. I oh. guess I don't know how you describe it. Um, you, if you leave the handle on mm-hmm. and you just touch it, it goes on and off.
0: Oh, cool.
1: So, we can't figure out the batteries. We replace the batteries, but then it's not working. But not ideal when you have a sink full of dishes and you're sinking. Oh, yeah,
0: bad timing. Yeah, bad timing for sure. Listen, um, I want everyone to know, we're not talking about football today. We are only talking about Black Friday sales and (laughs) things of that nature. Um, All right, fine, we'll talk about football. Welcome to the show, and I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. How were your cranberries, Jamie?
1: Uh, My cranberries were good, thank you. Yeah. Uh, my wife did a fantastic job on her portion of uh of dinner. Um she she's the dessert queen for Thanksgiving. So she made an apple pie, a cherry pie, a pumpkin pie. Man. and they were fantastic.
0: Wow. That's pretty good. I and just realized I didn't have any of the ice cream last night. We had cookies, but we didn't have ice cream. All right. Oh well. Mine was great. Was Thank your, you for asking. That was your, oh, there you yeah, I knew dinner? you'd ask. I knew you'd ask. It was good. We had a nice time. Um, that was boring, actually. You know, I was so wrapped up in fantasy football. I'm like playing you in two leagues. They're both must wins for me. And well, I think you're
1: gonna beat me for sure in one. In the two QB league. Yeah. Um I do have to before we get on to football. Uh so you said to me yesterday uh for FFT and five on Wednesday night, you said I am the green bean casserole of food, yeah, because I show it once a year and, and it's one of your favorite things.
0: Yeah, for FFT and Five, right.
1: Then yesterday, uh, so I had, we had uh, <laughs> our show live on CBS Sports HQ and Mr. Curmudgeon P. Prisco, he said, I did a radio show and they asked me, what's the worst side dish for Thanksgiving? And I said, well, I don't know, give me some options. And they said the first thing was green bean casserole. He says, I hate green bean yeah,
0: Well, It it's really just depends how you make it. I mean, you got, it's, it could be really good or it could be really bad. Ours has uh, mushrooms and crispy onions and regular onions and like a bunch of butter and stuff like that. So it's well, you, cheddar
1: cheese. You know how Pete is. Uh, for those of you who don't know Pete, watch our uh, FFT show on Sunday on HQ. Um, he goes, green beans, good. Casserole, what for?
0: <laughs> That's so weird. Ugh, like, green beans are the worst part of the casserole. That's the funny thing about it. Who um, really needs him in a casserole? That's what he said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, I was so wrapped up in our matchup, and I had Carr and Jacobs that I am still, like, really, really mad at Marcus Mariota. I just <laughs> cannot stand him. So we're going to actually start with the games. Who are your biggest uh, week, week 12 thus far Thursday winners? Got any winners from
1: yesterday's games? Uh winners from yesterday. I I don't want to call Michael Gallup a winner, but you know, it's good that he made he's definitely a winner from yesterday, but I don't want to, you know, long-term winner because you know who knows what his activity level will be in terms of targets and and uh playing time when everybody's fully healthy. But you saw what he was early in the first game of the season, at least, with the seven targets. So at least he he helped you for those of you that started him. Um, Hunter Renfro, obviously a winner, especially if Daryl Waller is out for an extended period of time. Uh, I guess you look at didn't necessarily materialize from a production standpoint, but Devin Singletary and Matt Brito winners. You know, with Zach Moss being huge, the healthy scratch. You know, you had you had mentioned that earlier in the week that there was the report from Joe Biscalia in the Athletic that it could happen, and it happened. Yeah. So th- those, I think, are the the ones you. And I guess you know, unfortunately, Jamal Williams probably a winner because of DeAndre Swift if he's going to miss any time.
0: Yeah, Jamal Williams is something about, something around 50% rostered, and Breida is available in even more leagues than that, and Singletary is available in some leagues, and he played 68% of the snaps. That is his third highest snap share this year. It really looked to me like it was going to be more of a Breida thing, and it looks like he started, or at least got the the earlier work, um, but they kind of went to Singletary later in the game, and he ended up, against the Saints, it was a terrible rush average, but it's understandable, 15 carries, 44 yards, and... At least with those two, maybe you have something there. I don't know. Who do you think is better rest of the season, Brito or I, I or mean, Singletary? I'll lean Singletary
1: now, but I think we're still in the same mess. You know, I, 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 it helped from the standpoint of now you can at least go back to using Singletary if you were using him as a potential flex play, but it's still two guys. You know, there's still no clarity. You know, it goes from Singletary and Moss to Singletary and Brito.
0: Okay. So, we'll go by the uh, through the games one by one here, and... Oh, any losers, any losers? I, I
1: mean, I'm getting, I'm getting to the point of, you know, you can't trust Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders right now. You know, Sanders has, it's been a much more extended time frame that he's been bad and Beasley, you know, he just probably isn't healthy with the rib injury. I know he's been practicing in full. Uh, we probably have a David Montgomery problem on our hands. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. It's now three games in a row where he's been, you know, bad and. You know, it. I, I don't know what to point to. You know, is is some of the changes that they're trying to do in the offensive line not working? You know, you thought getting some guys back would be helpful. Um, the quarterback change. You know, you, you could say the first two games were somewhat matchup related, but I know Detroit's run defense has been better lately. But still, you, I I thought
0: top ten running back. It yeah, was, he had a huge game against them. I mean, it looked like finally this was going to be him getting loose and. Yep. It's now he's got two games all season with more than seven non PPR ten PPR fantasy points and not a lot of ca- he did have three catches that was good and he only had nine coming into the game, um, but yeah I think I, I don't know I mean it might be even worse when Fields get back because Fields doesn't really throw to his running backs Dalton gave him three catches for twenty eight yards
1: yeah you wonder though when when will Fields get back well reportedly next week oh, okay I I, I didn't see, the the thing I saw was tiny fractures in his ribs so.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I think Jay Glazer said. I think it was Glazer said he's probably coming back next week. So hopefully.
1: I I don't know if it'll be health related, though. You know what the Bears do? Because Matt Nagy's got to win games and he might feel more comfortable with Andy Dalton.
0: Maybe. They got Arizona and Green Bay um, next two games. Not exactly easy matchups. And I look, I think Dalton's just better for their weapons. But Mooney, you know, I just, I've said that before. It's just mobile quarterbacks. I don't really like them that much for passing game, um, but Mooney, I mean, he's he's having a pretty solid year, and yep. he had 123 yards on eight targets. Komet had a good game here. Obviously, Allen Robinson's out, but that's now two big games in a row. That's 120 yards in two straight games for Darnell Mooney. 16 targets two weeks ago, eight targets in this week, and both of them coinciding with Robinson being out. So, what do you think about this for Mooney uh, going forward?
1: Well, it, you know, if you extend it out a little bit with Robinson, it's now five of six games with at least 12 or more PPR points. So, you know, the floor is starting to establish itself. And now you're seeing the ceiling, you know. So I, I think when it comes to Mooney, you know, he's, he's working himself into must-start territory. Obviously, in three-receiver leagues, he's been there. But in two-receiver leagues, you know, it's hard to get away from what the potential is, um, especially with this defense is not good. You know, they're, they're just missing guys. You know, Khalil Mack not being there. I know the pass rush really created a lot of problems. Uh, for the Lions with holding penalties, but I don't think it's still as good as it would have been, clearly. And, uh, you know, Keem Hicks not being there. Robert Quinn had a really good game, but I think you just look at it that they're probably going to be in, in, in a lot of shootouts, especially, you know, the, the two games upcoming that you mentioned. You know, Arizona will put up points on them, Green Bay will put up points on them. So, and
0: then Minnesota and then Seattle.
1: So, yeah, so it, it'll be a continued stretch where we'll see Darnell Mooney's targets probably be pretty safe, especially if, if Dalton is starting.
0: Okay, from the Bears' standpoint, well, Komet, you know, we can talk about him next week, I guess. Arizona's been very good against tight ends, but they face, I think, one good one, and that was killed be a huge game. 33% rostered. Meanwhile, Jamal Williams is going to be probably the most added player. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's a shoulder sprain for DeAndre Swift, but if Swift's out, then you're going to get close to 100% roster percentage for Jamal Williams, who had 20 touches in this game. Um, they have Minnesota next week. And uh, yeah, anything? How about T.J. Hawkinson? Three, <laughs> thank God he scored. He was started in sixty-one percent of leagues. I feel like that's, I feel like it's what it should be. You know, if you, he's your only tight end, you can roll with him. But I mean, look, I, I have a few leagues with him, and I wouldn't mind having another tight end. I I know he caught the touchdown. That's great. But three targets, three catches. It's just a little tenuous situation here.
1: Yeah, you know, when when we got when we were at the beginning of the season. And we said the benefit for TJ Hawkinson is he's going to be the best receiving option and maybe the only receiving option that's reliable on his team. The problem is every team knows that. And this was the concern, is that he's just going to get taken away by a lot of opponents. And so, you know, you see how teams are rolling coverage against him and, and putting, you know, corners on him because, you know, you don't really fear the receiving core there. Maybe Josh Reynolds opened some things up. He's probably a winner, too, you know, just for a guy that getting his feet wet a little bit the last couple of weeks with his new team. Um but yeah, I, I think you said it best. If you if he's been your guy all season long, you stick with him. Uh, but if you if you see somebody, you know, there's going to be some teams that drop if Fryermouth has a bad game. Uh, maybe some people by, you know, ten team leagues. They're dropping Zach Ertz because they have to. Um, some of those situations, you know, you, you can you can pivot.
0: Yeah, and all right, Austin Knox was
1: dropped. Dallas Goddard was dropped. You know, I mean, I see this happen in in leagues.
0: All right, and that is going to do it for. Chicago and Detroit. Let's go to this. Oh, what a fun game. Las Vegas 36, Dallas 33, and Darren Waller left with a knee injury. So we had some pretty serious injuries. I don't know if they were serious, but big names anyway. Swift, yeah. Waller, Tradavius White. Um, I had a lot
1: of people saying uh, you know, that they have both those guys on their same team You know, starting Thanksgiving week. <laughs> not fun.
0: No. I mean, this is not your typical Thursday, right? You got a pretty good idea of how you're... a decent idea of how your matchup might shape up. A lot of players going yesterday. And if you had Swift, that's such a bad break. And if you had Waller, such a bad break. He was probably going to have a big game. They scored 36 points after all. Um, all right. So what do you? Derek Carr with a bounce back, 30% started. Only scored 22 fantasy points, but he threw for 373 yards. And, probably, you know, there was a play right not long after Waller got hurt where he threw in the end zone. was third and goal from, I think, the four through to the third string tight end who stopped his route. He was open, probably should have been a second touchdown in a huge game for Carr, but he played much better, got some big plays. I don't know. what do you, What's your faith, confidence level in Carr going forward?
1: I mean, they got Washington next week. It's not a bad matchup. Obviously, it's the best one on the table. So, you know, I think if you're talking about streaming him, and remember, there's four teams on a bye next week, so I know Aaron Rodgers is one of the guys who's missing Um and on all the all the other teams that are off next week maybe Ryan Tanhill if you've been using him uh, is one um i think i think the browns uh yeah nobody's been starting baker though so i uh, think you know you look at,
0: at cam Bar, i'm as, sorry yeah it's cam okay carolina cleveland green bay tennessee
1: okay so cam and and rogers, rogers yeah. are and tanhill so if people are dropping Derek Carr, which i'm sure they were then you pick him up and you could trust him next week you know when uh, i'm just thinking you know he'll be probably ranked somewhere between 10 and 14 so in a fourteen-team league, he's still a must-start guy. In a twelve-team league, he's a borderline starter.
0: Anything else you want to talk about in this game? We've got to talk about Zeke. I mean, I think, I feel like most people, I'm gonna say myself included, might be a hot take. Kind of feel like Zeke's the second best running back on the team right now. It's felt like they were treating that way yesterday a little bit too. Yeah, I feel like they should have done it a little bit more. I mean, it's not like Pollard blew the doors off of it with ten carries and thirty-six yards, but you just see his speed. Obviously, he had the kickoff return for a touchdown. He's just more dynamic right now than Zeke. Um, but obviously, for fantasy purposes, Zeke gets all the touchdowns, he gets a lot of catches. So, what do you what do you think going forward? I mean, coming into the game, this was the worst five game stretch of his career in terms of rushing yards, and he follows that up with nine carries for twenty-five yards. So, uh, this is obviously the worst six game stretch.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing that's saving him right now, and, and he got lucky because Pollard got them all the way down there and looked like he scored, you know, until you saw the replay. And then they gave Zeke the touchdown, and the passing game work, You know, they, they talked about this um, on the, the pregame show. And Tom Spencer, uh, who is in the booth with Jim Nance and Tony Romo, comes on our show on, on HQ, you know, how much they value him as a pass protector in terms of Zeke Elliott. And he's doing such a great job in that. You know, you go back to week one. From week one through week 11, he's been – as, as through week 12, excuse me, he's been one of the best running backs, at least from what I could tell, uh, in, in pass blocking. And his role in the passing game is, is pretty solidified. So that's been saving him. But, yeah, he he doesn't look the same. I thought Tyron Smith coming back, I thought the matchup, you know, I expected this to be a real heavy dose of Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe the Raiders, you know, I'll, I'll go back and look. But just really said I, we don't respect Michael Gallup and said Wilson and, and we can take care of Dalton Schultz. And we have to stop the run, especially after what Joe Mixon did to them the week before. But, man, it was uh, it was really frustrating to watch a, a lackluster game once again.
0: As far as the passing game goes, I know Gallup, especially Wilson, but what about Schultz? Next week, you're going to get Lamb and Cooper back, almost certainly. So, Schultz, if you could sell him, do you sell him? He had... 46 yeah. yards and a touchdown. He had another touchdown call back. He had 53 yards on eight targets last week. Is this the time to try, if it's still possible, to sell Dalton Schultz?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm trying to think, you know, if you could – you probably missed the opportunity to because him playing and Kyle Pitts is going to play. But if you could have turned Dalton Schultz into Kyle Pitts, Schultz and something else the Kyle Pitts, um, you probably should have done that. But, you know, and just in terms of, like, if I can get Dallas Goddard, if I can get uh, maybe Zach Ertz, you know, for – for the fantasy manager that didn't have him on a bias, you know, it's just a hard cause he played already, you know, so it's, it's, it's difficult to sure, say yeah. who's, who's giving up on him, but um, yeah, he's, he's headed for uh, a slight downturn, assuming everybody's healthy.
0: Okay. Anything else from this game?
1: You know, I guess we'll, we'll talk about Foster Moreau as a, as a potential ad, you know, the one game that Darren Waller missed earlier this year, he had a big performance. So, you know, he's going to be in that conversation. Um, it's, it's not fun, uh, but it's, you know, for somebody like me, it makes your job easier when you know the waiver wire options on Thursday. <laughs> of who we're talking about, sure. Um, yeah, and, and so this this is another part of this, though, Adam. Also, uh, for the DeAndre Swift manager and the Darren Waller fantasy manager, check out your waiver wire now. This uh, this this is a, a a you know time to get ahead. If you have a roster spot to play with, look for the tight ends that are available. Like I did this in a couple of leagues, and the most intriguing options so far were like Evan Ingram, and I'm like, I'll just wait. You know, but if you if you see something, and you look ahead to the matchups. Pick up the guy now.
0: Yeah, right. Beat the waiver wire. All right, one more game, and then we will do beat the waiver wire. Buffalo 31 and New Orleans 6. They trounced them here. And Buffalo, Josh Allen scoring 34 fantasy points. That was very nice to see. And his offensive line is only going to get healthier. They still have two starters missing on that line. And that that had been a problem in the past. It was not in this game. Um, yeah, we've already covered the, the running backs. Singletary, 75% rostered. Brita 18% rostered. Dawson Knox. What do you think about him? Only three targets. Two of them ended up being touchdowns, 32 yards and two touchdowns. And that was after six catches for 80 yards last week. So, you know, this is an interesting type of game. Do you come away encouraged with three targets or, or and two touchdowns or discouraged or what? I mean, obviously, you're
1: encouraged by the two touchdowns. You're discouraged by the, the other stuff. But I think, you know, that's kind of what he was in the beginning of the season. So, you know, you're thrilled if you started him. You uh, you obviously have to hope that he continues to find the end zone. This is, I think, just the type of player that he is. You know, he's going to have some games where he, when I say disappears, he just disappears from the 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 workload opportunities, target opportunities, catches opportunities. But, you know, he's still running a lot of routes. He's obviously still a red zone threat. And... It's a better version of what Robert Tunyon was a year ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. And hopefully next year will be a better version of what Robert Tunyon is this year. Uh, okay, and from the, from the Saints standpoint, we didn't expect a lot from them, but Tony Jones was really disappointing. I think he scored two fantasy points, didn't have a catch. Maybe he scored one. What did, what did he end up with? Uh, not good. I think
1: it was like 2.9 or something like that.
0: Okay, yeah. And Montgomery actually ended up in PPR leagues being a lot better than him, but we're just hoping I look. I, you know what the, we don't know for sure that they're going to play that Ingram or Kamara is going to play next week I suppose they have a Thursday game again against Dallas so if they were out you know would you feel better about Tony Jones who had 16 carries for 27 yards and 16 carries is good <laughs> uh, against Buffalo would you feel better about him against Dallas or would you go with Montgomery
1: I mean I would hope to go with neither but yeah. i probably still lean toward jones uh this is a bad team i mean it's you know it's offensive line issues quarterback issues you know th- this whole Taysom hill thing is they're paying him to sit now it feels like you know with the way the contract is structured yeah uh, so, he's
0: he'll, i he's going to be the quarterback next week i really i would hope so apparently i didn't realize that he was the emergency quarterback because of his foot he has this foot injury i didn't realize it was to the point where he was basically not healthy so I didn't see any quotes after the game. I was expecting a, an update. Uh, well, the Saints are not committing to Trevor Simeon next week. Did that happen? I didn't see it. I didn't see did. that. But, I, I mean, I, I just feel like that has to be the case. But the, the way that the contract is structured, they're better off if he doesn't play. I don't know if they are because they're paying him a ton of money to not be their quarterback. I, think it's a, I don't understand their obsession with Taysom Hill. I and don't if, either. If he's their starting quarterback, then they're not paying him all that much money. It would be like ninety million over four years. Is it?
1: It just it it would make total sense at this point if you're trying to save your season to let him play because Simeon's not good.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and like I feel like if not if that he, he's great, but he's different. If he becomes a good quarterback, then the contract will be a solid value. If he doesn't play quarterback, I I thought it was four years, forty million. That could be four years, ninety million if he plays quarterback. I'll try to check the details, but. What the hell is their obsession with him? I, I don't. He's not. He's not that good. I mean, he he doesn't do that much. It's just weird. Well, you don't think Alvin Kamara can score from the three yard line? It's just it's just insane. I I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. yeah no, it's
1: it's weird. Uh, <sighs> I saw a funny tweet that said nobody sits on the bench better than Taysom Hill. He could sit at quarterback,
0: running back, tight end,
1: <laughs> and special teams.
0: <laughs> you know what? You know what? Also pissed off about today. And by the way, someone said go. in the in the chat. Uh, where are you? Nicholas says Adam looks like he was up all night with a sick 2-year-old after drinking all day. Looking good, buddy. Yeah, I look like crap. I'm not going to lie. I look like crap. It's early, man. I was up I got 4 hours of sleep. Um so, but nothing energizes me like these podcasts. I could be so tired the second I get on the air. I'm like like I had 5 coffees or something. Um but so I apologize for my appearance. I'll look a lot better on FFT At 10 a.m., by the way. 10 a.m. fantasy football today on (laughs) HQ. Uh, They're throwing a lot at us this time of year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It it is tough. I mean, it's a tough week. A lot of work to to cram in with with Thanksgiving. A lot of food to cram in, too. So, anyway, uh, I'm sick and tired of this pass interference crap. And Colts fans point out this has been their best play of the year other than giving it to Jonathan Taylor. Quarterback makes a terrible throw, horribly underthrown, and defensive back gets called for pass interference. And if I were Dallas, I'd be furious. I mean, the rule needs to change, especially that last one. He didn't have a chance in hell at catching that ball. It was an awful throw. Yep. How are you supposed to – and you say, you got to turn your head around. How are you supposed to turn your head around when you're running full speed? You're chasing a wide receiver. You don't know the ball's is under thrown. How are you supposed to turn your head around on that? It, it's just – it's driving me crazy. It's such a bad play. And it's not that they're getting the rule wrong. It's just I think the rule needs to be changed. It's kind of like that uh, what they did in the NBA this year where they don't let you just jump into a defender anymore and draw a foul on a non-basketball play. they got to change pass interference. It's such an issue. I think
1: it should. This is one of the – and i I thought this for years. Um, this is one where the college rule is better.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except I would make one change. First of all, I don't even think what happened uh, in overtime to Dallas should have been any penalty. Yep. I, I think they should try to try to get that underthrown, didn't turn his head around thing out of the game as much as possible. But college is 15 yards for pass interference, spot foul in the NFL, uh, unless it's less. I think it's, is that a 10-yard penalty? If it's less than 10 yards, I don't know. Um, I think there should be two two pass interferences. There should be a 15-yard penalty for, you know, if you're trying to make a play or whatever. And if you just tackle the guy, then it should be, Spot well, that's foul.
1: that's the counter to the the college rule is if guys get beat, they'll just tackle and give it 15 yards as opposed to 50.
0: Right. So let's let's change. Let's look, get a little nuance in there and make it a spot foul. A, a judgment Obvious call. Obvious pass
1: interference is it's spot foul and yeah. Uh,
0: kind of like foul. a running into versus roughing the kicker kind of deal, you know? Sure, I'm down with that. Yeah, it, it just it, come on. Listen to me, people. It just makes too much. Listen to me, NFL. Goodell, let's get Goodell on the phone. I right, would we'll take a quick break here. We got some news and notes. I'm going to try to do beat the waiver wire and five games to take a look at starting with Rams and Packers. We will be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of new balance clutch athletics and rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community with rising defensive football stars, will Anderson and chase young on the roster
1: Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and
0: customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. News and notes. I don't have a ton here. Seems like everybody just kind of I have a bunch if you chilled. want. All right, good, good. Yeah, I'm going to need more. Aaron Jones could be a game time decision. It's the first game we'll talk about, but real quick, Jones or Dylan if they both play?
1: I would go back to Jones, uh, but I think it's almost like how, depending on how you treated the Cowboys, I know I treated the Cowboys as both as potential starters. So I would start Jones. If I had both, I'd only start Jones. If I don't have both, I'd still consider Dylan at least a flex.
0: Yes, I did. I started them both against you, and... After the kick return, I was like, oh, please tell me we get points for that. Please tell me we get, ah, we don't get any points for that. <laughs> Check this. I started him against you in the podcast. Oh, that's right. Hey, all right, great. We both got our 10 points out of him. So, except i blocked lucked out because he didn't score that touchdown and I had Zeke and you didn't suck up. Yes. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is questionable. We also
1: cut Daniel Carson before the week started.
0: Ah. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, questionable. And he's got Minnesota. So God, what do you what do you think about right? What, what do you think about this situation here, 49ers backfield against Minnesota? Again, a game we'll get to in a bit.
1: If Mitchell plays, he's the guy, and start him with a lot of confidence. If Wilson plays and Mitchell does not play, start Wilson with moderate confidence.
0: Yeah, like Mitchell's just better. It seems at least right now. Right? I mean, like for example. You'd have a lot more confidence, as you were just saying, in Mitchell yes. than Wilson. Yeah.
1: He's and, and again, the injury that he's dealing with is, you know, finger and ribs, it's pain tolerance, as opposed to, you know, something with his legs that he's got to work himself back into shape.
0: It's just weird because they expected him to play last week and now he's still not taking contact. Well, I, I think the fact that he's been limited is a good sign. You know, because
1: why would you put him in full where you, you risk any further damage? Yeah, so it, but apparently I, I he's, playing.
0: he's not he's using his left hand. He's still not able to use his right hand. Eli Mitchell, we're talking about. Mike Evans mispractice. It's back soreness. So I don't know. I feel like he's gonna play, but we'll see if he practices today. Yep. Uh, you take a look at Tyler Johnson if Evans is out. Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard both mispractice, and they're both in serious jeopardy of not playing against the Eagles. Another game we'll get to. But would you pick up would you be interest, more interested in Galladay? Would that help? Darius Slay, by the way, making progress trending in the right direction. He's in, he's in the concussion protocol.
1: I would obviously like Galladay if there is no Darius Slay. I would like Galladay if there is no Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard. I mean, the the, the 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 one of the major takeaways from the firing of Jason Garrett has to be get Kenny Galladay more involved after he only had two targets, you know, and, and Joe Judge expressing his frustration with that. So it just – everything lines up for Galladay having a a some semblance of a good game. You know, whether he delivers, that's hard
0: to say. That was a squeaky wheel, with sneak, squeaky crickets. Corey Davis missed practice, so he really may not play at Houston.
1: Yeah, tweaked his groin um, in Wednesday's practice, and reportedly after, it was just a a throwing drill, so take this for what you will of Zach Wilson, um, not even in a uh, a team situation, that he overthrew Corey Davis who tweaked his groin and then threw his helmet in disgust was the report.
0: (laughs) Because the throw was so bad? No, because he got hurt. (laughs) I know. Uh, okay, uh, Ramadre Stevenson was limited with a knee injury. That would certainly clear up that backfield. Well, Harris is also dealing with a neck injury. Oh. Uh-oh. Did I drop Brandon Bolden too soon? I, well, Harris was limited or he missed?
1: Harris was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Ramadre Stevenson was added on Thursday.
0: Right, so probably a little worse. Uh, I guess I I don't know. You never want to be added to the injury report midweek. Um. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on that. If they don't go, if one of them goes, then it's a great situation. If if both of them don't go, then what? What's the deal? Bolden Taylor?
1: It's what we thought when they both had the concussions. You know, I, I would think Bolden is the better of the two, but JJ Taylor will play. Uh, but you know, I, I think one thing that we're overlooking a little bit, at least the way it feels, um, the Titans' defense is still good. You know, and don't don't forget about that. Just because they lost to the Texans, the defense didn't fall apart. Right. Offense fell apart.
0: Okay, more news and notes. Wrap it up here. Minka Fitzpatrick off the reserve COVID list. So you said Pittsburgh's going to get healthier this week, right? They're going to be...
1: That was the expectation was that TJ Watt and Joe Hayden would be joining Minka Fitzpatrick. We expected Fitzpatrick back because of the COVID-19 protocols. Um, So not an easy situation for the Bengals passing game. I think Joe Mixon will still be
0: fine. AJ Brown missed practice, and he's in jeopardy of missing the game at New England. He's the only Titan we'd be interested in starting anyway. But Nick Westbrook well, no. can pick up the slack.
1: You mean from receivers? Uh,
0: yeah. Well, I thought we kind of said
1: sit them all anyway. It, it's, it's the safest route. But if you get – I mean, look, we got both Deontay Foreman and Jeremy McNichols still banged up. Foreman's dealing with a tricep injury, and McNichols, I think, is the more important of the two because of his role. Yeah. Uh, still in the concussion protocol. So if you have Hilliard after what we saw – I don't think it'll be as good because the Patriots know he's what he's capable of doing and there's limited weapons if A.J. Brown doesn't play. But we've seen this. The Patriots are one of, I think, five teams that have allowed 70-plus receptions. They're bad in that regard to running backs. And so if you have that situation once again – I think Hilliard is is in the flex conversation for sure.
0: Yeah, and actually the game, one game we saw without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones was the Jets game, and Jeremy McNichols had a huge game catching the ball out of the backfield, so that does make yeah. some sense there. Uh, Marquise Brown was limited after missing last week's game. Hopefully he's back for the Cleveland game. He's expected to play. Cordarrelle Patterson was limited. Is he expected to play? Do we know?
1: I think that's the way it's trending. You know, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I just spent my last $2 in uh, the guillotine league to pick him up. Oh, still in it. Still in it, yeah. Next week's going to be a tough one for me, though, because I have both Browns and Patterson and the Patriots guys. That's my running backs. I have both Patriots, both Browns, and Patterson, and Javante Williams. So what I need is I need Javante Williams to be the lead guy. And Patterson to be healthy, and then I'll be okay. But everything—if I get past weeks thirteen and fourteen, somehow survive—I'm in great
0: shape. Okay, well, doesn't well, mean good. I'm going to win, but I'm in good shape. Well, you're not going to pick up any free agents, unfortunately. And finally, well, Char- no,
1: no, no—you you get for—I—I I got all—I got Kareem Hunt, Kyler Murray. This is my my free agents this week. I spent two dollars on Patterson. So nobody spent two dollars on him. somebody. Still has like a hundred bucks left. Um. So remember, if you keep stockpiling all these star players, you can't afford all these other guys. And we're down to what seven guys left. Uh no six guys left. Um, my free agents were Kareem Hunt. This is all first come first serve after waivers ran. So Kareem Hunt. Oh okay. Kareem Hunt, uh, Kyler Murray, um, Brandon Cooks, and one more. Oh, I swapped out Joe Burrow for Kirk Cousins.
0: What a fun league.
1: It is fun, and and waivers lock after week fourteen. So.
0: Uh, okay. And Jerry, you have, you have. Jerry Tillery is off the reserve COVID list. That's that's a cool feature, by the way. Uh, that's Chargers starting defensive tackle Jerry Tillery. And their, I said their run defense has been so much better lately the last four weeks. But so. no Linval Joseph. No Linval Joseph, but he's not a starter for them. Still I, a big piece. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um. Let's beat the waiver wire and confession, I, I did not have time to to go over this, so I am sorry. I went
1: looking at the tight end just because I brought it up, so I have okay. some tight ends. For All
0: right, I got some DSTs. Minnesota's at Detroit. Yep. Uh, Arizona's at Chicago. I don't know if that's a great one. Um, Philadelphia's at the Jets. If, <laughs> you know, the Jets kill us every week, but should have Zach Wilson starting next week. Miami against the Giants. And, if anybody drops the Rams this week, they have Jacksonville next week. That is... Those are the headliners there. Um, I think you know. Look, Kadri Allison. We'll see. I think people are going to be a lot more interested in adding Matt Breda now than they were even yesterday. So let's see if the same thing happens with Allison. I don't think it's out of the question that he just takes over for Mike Davis because Mike Davis has been so bad. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but I'd say him and I'd say Rashad Penny too. I don't know what his status is. I know he left with the injury, but oh, I'd be picking up
1: DJ Dallas first.
0: But I don't think I think if Penny is healthy, like I just don't see Dallas becoming their starting running back.
1: Well, you're picking up Dallas because of Penny not being healthy and because of Alice Collins still being unhealthy.
0: Collins is on the injury report every week, and then he ends up playing. But Penny, Pete Carroll said it wasn't a big deal. But I think Penny started last week. I just feel like they want Penny to be something. I think they want anybody to be something. Yeah, and I think Penny has a better. Well, I don't know if he has a better chance than Dallas. He has to stay healthy, obviously, and he can't ever. So, all right, maybe somebody in the in the backfield, at least for Seattle. Well, uh, who'd you have a tight end?
1: Uh, Logan Thomas, if he's still available, he's at 56%, and we know he's trending in the oh, right yeah. direction with an amazing schedule ahead. Uh, if people drop Dan Arnold, he's now down to 60%. Um, he was bad last week, obviously, but you know what he was prior to that. Uh, Ingram, I think, is going to have a decent game against the Eagles, so if you want to get ahead of it, He's got a chance, and especially if the other two guys are out, based on what Philly's done against tight ends, there should be a spike in targets. Um, Tyler Conklin is is still in the mix. Um, I don't think he's going to have a great game this week against the 49ers, but against Detroit, you just saw what Cole Komet did, you know, so hopefully he has an opportunity there. And then you know, if you want to look past next week, um, Austin Hooper, as we've seen, has gotten more involved and has some good upcoming schedule, has a, has a decent upcoming schedule, so he's in the in the mix as well.
0: Okay, and do you have any interest in Curtis Samuel?
1: Not much, but you know we'll see.
0: Isn't that a shame?
1: It's been it's hard. I mean, look, he's still not healthy. I know he's trending in the right direction, but he's still not healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm. If you're just in a super deep league and you're desperate, I'm curious to see what kind of role Eno Benjamin might have when they actually have Kyler Murray. But yeah, I mean, he's fifteen percent rostered.
1: Well, hopefully by that point, Chase Edmonds is back.
0: I think Edmonds is out at least one more game.
1: Uh, he has one more game, yes. Yeah. To fulfill his IR spot. So probably but this this is... Yeah, right. So what's be, what's the point of picking up, you know, Benjamin? Good point. But that would be four weeks, though, the next game. Remember, the yeah. initial time frame was four to six weeks because this week counts as a week. Still, even Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But he's on IR, so he has to miss at least one more game. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say receivers, if you want to pick... You should pick up Gallaudet now, just in case. Um Sure you know not not obviously you know from a schedule standpoint but hopefully he's he's right if you're looking down the road you know maybe Julio Jones still helps you um he's he's at
0: 62% cool all right let's you do it Devontae parker oh yeah yeah devonte parker man a very underrated season when he's been on the field maybe will fuller could contribute at some point as well and maybe that means Tuatunga Baylo is going to be somebody worth having down the stretch okay rams at packers And I would say, you know, uh, Garoppolo has a lot of good matchups coming up, and he's really not playing poorly. He's playing pretty well lately. So who do they have next week? 19
1: more fantasy points in four straight games. He's averaging, I think, like 22 over that
0: span. At Seattle next week. Seattle's defense has been a lot better lately. But this team's uh, got a lot of talent, those 49ers. Okay, let's go to the Rams and the Packers. Here we go. The Packers, Rashawn Gary. Good news, he's been limited this week. So trending in the right direction, I hope. Kevin King, starting cornerback, he has not practiced this week. He's played three straight games. I don't know if it's normal for him to not practice at least two straight games. I don't remember him leaving with an injury last week. Uh, but, you know, injuries have been kind of a thing for Green Bay because their defense was playing so well. And then they gave up 34 points last week to Minnesota with uh, some with a pretty banged-up defense. Uh, stat of the game, Minnesota last week is the only team with multiple wide receivers to score... More than 11 PPR fantasy points against the Packers. So I know you're going to start Cooper Cup, but who is your second favorite Rams receiver, and is that guy start-worthy?
1: Van Jefferson is my second favorite for this week. I, I hope Beckham proves to be better than him, but I still trust the guy who's been there the most as of now, or more as of now. Uh, start worthy. No three receiver leagues in the mix. Both guys are in the mix, but I don't think either one is, should be considered a slam dunk. So just, you know, it's more of a hope. It's more of a, you know, can Jefferson secure the touchdown that he dropped in their last game against San Francisco can Odell Beckham, you know, with a bye week to get ready, be the guy that we remember and, you know, finds the end zone for the first time since, you know, the boat, (laughs) it feels like. Um, (laughs) So it's it's just <laughs> tough to trust either one knowing that they haven't been they haven't been great.
0: Uh how much faith do you have in Stafford after two bad games in a row? Uh
1: still starting him. I have him in in a couple leagues myself, but it's not to the same level, you know. We got to get that guy back to where he was at the start of the season, you know. For I think it was like eight of the first 10 games he scored like 25 or more points, something like that. Um you know, we, we'll see. It's, it's the same thing with the receivers. You know, they're, they're still trying to figure out what to do without Robert Woods. And, you know, does that mean more work in the passing game for the running backs? Does that mean more work for Tyler Higby? Does it mean that they're going to fully trust Van Jefferson and, and Beckham to make plays? It can't all just be on Cooper Cup. And, you know, smart defenses and the Packers have a smart defense. They're going to try and take away what, what Cooper Cup does best and make things tough on Stafford. But, you know, I, I'm not at the point yet. The only guy that I would start over him, I guess I shouldn't say that. The only two guys I would consider starting over him that – you know you probably didn't expect to Kirk Cousins is one, uh, just based on how he's played. And Cam,
0: mm, man, I don't think I could, yeah, I couldn't start Cam over Stafford, he's just been so damn good. Stafford, the last two weeks have been horrible games for them, they've gotten blown out twice. Um, you, uh, you it must be really close for you, right? Yeah, I think I know, I think I actually have Stafford ranked ahead of him, but it's it's oh, okay, in there, right? okay. Yeah, the thing is with the Packers is I I think they have a pretty good defense, but they've really benefited. They've they've faced some lousy opponents lately, and then they faced Arizona, and Hopkins barely played. And they faced a broken Russell Wilson and probably a broken Patrick Mahomes. But they still did. I mean, they still were really, really good.
1: Adam, I've been saying this for like six weeks. Like... No, Jair Alexander, no, Zayda Smith. They're going to get exposed. They're going to. Their defense has been awesome. You know, yeah, I mean, it has. Yeah, it really has. You know, it's it's just I, again, we could say all the things that have happened to help them along the way, which is totally accurate. But they just keep showing up week in, week out. And and as great as Aaron Rodgers has been, as great as the running game has been, this defense is a big reason why they are where they are. Big reason.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for this game. I just cannot wait. Uh,
1: Tyler, I had Higg- to look when I was oh, sorry. doing some Stafford research how Jared Goff did coming off a bye to see if that was a Sean McVay thing and he wasn't good. And Stafford, the last couple of seasons coming off a bye, hasn't been good. In fact, I think he was. it was either last year or the year before, he came off a bye at Green Bay and wasn't good. Uh-huh. You know, So just something to keep in mind.
0: Okay, uh, Tyler Higby, starter sit? You know what, Tyler Higby or Evan Ingram? Uh, I have Ingram ranked higher
1: just because of the matchup. But yeah. Higby's probably safer.
0: And let's do another Giants versus Rams comparison. Two juggernaut offenses. Saquon Barkley or Daryl Henderson?
1: Uh, Henderson, for sure, and non-PPR. I would take Barkley and PPR.
0: They're both around 15th in the rankings for for everyone. And two pretty bad games in a row for Henderson, but terrible game scripts. They got blown out in both of them. Uh, Another, you know, this is a solid run defense. But... um, yeah, you know he's been really good this year. He's earned the start, Daryl Henderson. So, okay, that's that game. Oh, that's that side. Aaron Rodgers, that guy. I'm finished with that guy. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is fourth for you. He's seventh for for Dave and Heath. And yeah, they haven't. The Rams haven't really faced a lot of good quarterbacks. But Brady scored thirty. Kyler scored twenty five. Russell Wilson scored 11 points in only on only 16 pass attempts, and then he get left with an injury. So, start. Well, Gino Rogers. had a good finish, though. So. Gino did. Gino had a good finish. Yeah, but they've been pretty good against the other guys, but they just haven't faced a lot of good quarterbacks, good fantasy quarterbacks. All right, so let's talk more about Green Bay's running backs. If AJ Dillon is the only guy, I'm, he's he's what for you? Must start top ten guy. Yeah, good game for him last week. About 100 total yards. Had the catches. But if Aaron Jones plays, this I found very interesting. In the last three games that they both played together, if you look at the Seattle game, up until the point that Aaron Jones got hurt, they actually had the same amount of carries in those three games. It was like 2.75 games, basically. Uh, They had the same amount of carries, and that was really interesting. Obviously, Jones a much bigger role in the passing game, but yeah, where would you end up ranking them if they both play?
1: I would have Jones somewhere in the 12 to 15 range, and I would have Dylan somewhere in the 21 to 25 range.
0: And you would go with Jones over Henderson?
1: I would go with Henderson in non-PPR, and I would go with Jones in PPR. Okay. Uh, Just if you go back to the playoff game last year when these two teams met, they had 32 carries from their running backs in a 32 to 18 win for the Packers. Mm -hmm. I remember Aaron Donald was 100% in that game, but Jones went 14 for 99 in a touchdown. Jamal Williams went 12 for 65. That's 5.4 yards per carry. Jones is 7.1 yards per carry. And A.J. Dillon was 6 for 27, 4.5 yards per carry. So they really did a great job running at the the Rams. Uh, Jones was the only one who had a catch, 1 for 14. But um, they will probably try and do something similar to slow down Aaron Donald. That's the way to slow him down is to run at him.
0: Looks like they're gonna be again without David Bakhtiari. He's still not practicing and they already they lost their other left. Oh, hand. he's
1: not playing this week. He uh that- didn't he have arthroscopic surgery to clean up something.
0: Oh, I didn't sorry, I didn't see that. I'll double check. Okay. Yeah, you can usually come back pretty quickly from arthroscopic surgery, so hopefully we get him after the bye week as well. They have their bye next week. Uh anyone other than Adams, like any interest in M V S.
1: Uh, I mean, look, last week was fantastic. You know, forget about the the production. Ten targets. I mean, if they're going to give those that guy that many opportunities, it's great. And so I don't know how much that factored into the running game being, you know, a little bit concerning without Aaron Jones there. So they gave, you know, put a little bit more on his plate with some different target opportunities. But, you know, uh, he's he's in the number three con- receiver conversation. And just just think about it. You know, Ramsey shadowed Adams in the playoff game. Adams had uh, – I guess right in front of me, I should look. Adams had um, – nine for 66 and a touchdown on 10 targets. So not bad, but not horrible. Clearly. Um, uh, MVS had eight targets in that game, you know? So if he's eight to 10 targets, you have to take a chance on starting him as a number three receiver.
0: But you'd start Jefferson and Beckham over him. I assume.
1: I would start Jefferson. Beckham is, is, is probably a little bit tougher. You know, it, it, it just going in. I think Beckham should have the better game because he's, he's a better player, but if you tell me right now that that MVS is getting eight plus targets, I will start
0: him over. Yeah, I don't. Right. I can't tell you that though. That's very, think, very rare for him. Yep. And I, I don't think Ramsey shadowed anyone all year. And Adams is usually on the left side of the field, and that, and Ramsey's usually on the other side of the field. I don't see how in the world you don't put him on Devonte Adams. But there's been games this year. Where I'm like, why wouldn't they just use Ramsey? Just shadow, shadow. They got one good receiver. You and they don't do it. They never do it. So I'll see if they change things up coming out of their bye. Uh, but, you know, if if things play out the way that they have, I don't know that Adams is going to see much of Ramsey. I, it, not that it really matters. It's just I, I'm, cu- I'm really curious. And I think he'll be fine against Ramsey. Even if I'm
1: going to guess if he plays his his star rover role, he'll be roving towards Devontae Adams' side of the
0: field. I hope so. I, I love those uh, types Monty of out. They're
1: hoping to have him back after
0: the bye week. Okay, there you go. Sit the Green Bay tight ends and start and start or sit the DSTs in this game?
1: I mean, the safer route is to sit them, but I think the Packers' DST is probably better. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they don't throw – he doesn't throw interceptions, you know, so they don't turn on the ball over very much, and they'll probably still score. So don't love the Rams, but um, you mentioned it. They get Jacksonville next week, so don't drop the Rams. So just depending on how your team looks, if you can carry two DSTs, carry them. Otherwise, just take your lumps and hope for special teams play, fumble – uh, the occasional sack, Rand Rogers knows it's coming. He's getting pulled down the wrong way and points at the ref. Um, you know, so there's, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of uh, scenarios. I mean, look, he's playing through a broken toe, you know, so yeah. you never know
0: what happens. Seattle at Washington. Seattle cornerback DJ Reed missed last week's game, but he was limited in practice on Thursday. So another little beat up in their secondary. It'd be nice to get him back. Here's your repeat stat of the game. We have this one last week, but we're going to update it now. We look at running backs against the Seahawks. They have now held their last five lead running back opponents to 3.8, 3.4 yards per carry for Najee Harris, 2.6 for Kamara, 3.6 for Hyde, 3.1 for Dillon, and 3.0 for James Conner. They've been outstanding against the run now five straight weeks. Usually, though, it doesn't matter because they're so bad against pass-catching running backs. They give up the most receiving yards by far. 11 running backs have had 37 or more receiving yards against the Seahawks, and they give up touchdowns as well. But, Jamie, you've got Gibson, who had zero catches last week, but he's almost always two catches a game. It's not really... He doesn't have that to fall back on. So now you've got him against a good run defense, very good lately. Without the passing role in most games. And Russell Wilson's your start of the week. So the, you know, I think the Seahawks are going to put up points. How confident are you in Antonio Gibson?
1: I'm confident from the standpoint of he seems to be healthy. And so a healthy Antonio Gibson's worth starting, even in a tough matchup. You know, you saw it against Tampa Bay. You know, I think if there's any indication of what he's capable of doing in a game where, the, the, how, even if Russell Wilson plays great, they're not running away from Washington. Um, that's just not the way that they play for the most part, especially on the road. So I, I think this will be a competitive game. I think Gibson can have an opportunity, especially early in the game, to have chances. And as we saw, like Josh Jacobs had a good fantasy day yesterday. But if that game doesn't go to overtime and he doesn't have the short yards touchdown on the pass interference play, it's not great. Um, and I think you can see something similar from, from uh, uh, Antonio Gibson. On top of that, we got to yesterday, which is the first day of practice for Washington. And JD McKissick showed up on the injury report, Yeah, you know, so he went through a limited practice. I forget what the injury is. Um, if he's, if he's dinged up or out, I would uh, imagine Antonio Gibson's role in the pass Yeah. That would change things. Um, so as we sit here today, he's a number two running back. I, I just, I, I, I got lucky last week saying to sit Antonio Gibson because he fumbled and didn't find the end zone. Right. If he doesn't fumble. It's a, it's a solid rushing day. And you know, who knows what happens the rest of that drive.
0: Would you start a Broncos running back or Gibson? Gibson. Would you start a Broncos running back or McKissick? It's a dream matchup for McKissick full PPR.
1: Yeah, I, I still would start the Broncos running backs. Obviously not in half PPR, but in full PPR, McKissick is is definitely in the conversation to be a flex and and maybe a borderline starter. But he's just been so non-existent the last couple of weeks. Part of the problem is and this was the concern with Heineke, um, is he runs, you know, and so when he's not looking to check the ball down, you know, it's it's a problem for McKissick, and that's been a problem the last couple of weeks.
0: Well, I feel like. A bigger problem for McKissick was that he was very consistently alternating good week, bad week. And it wasn't just good week, week, bad week. It was terrible week, great week. And then they had the bye. And I think it just screwed his whole calendar up, basically. So he doesn't really know, like, is it an even number week? I just think that screwed him up, Jamie. Because after the bye, now he's had two bad weeks in a row. And that just didn't happen with J.D. McKissick. So that's what you listen to this show for, for that kind of analysis. Uh, we'll uh just, before we go to the next game, I have some news. Next for game, <laughs> we got two players into this game. We're not even close to the next game. Uh, all right, you can give me the news. Go ahead. No, no, let's
1: keep this. Stay with the game.
0: All right, don't forget. I'm gonna forget, so don't forget. Um, McKissick or Van Jefferson.
1: McKissick in PPR.
0: McKissick or Alex Collins.
1: McKissick in PPR.
0: Half PPR. McKissick. Non PPR. Collins. Okay, I can't imagine you're too confident. Quarter PPR would be Collins too. Cool. Okay, Three I can't imagine
1: PPR would be McKissick. McKissick.
0: you're probably not too confident, in Alex Collins. No. Yeah, good run defense, and he's just been he's just been lousy. Good
1: to go with both Seattle wide receivers. Throw early, Seattle, please. Just let him get in the rhythm. Let Russell Wilson get in the rhythm. You know. So here's the thing with Russell Wilson, um, and the, this ties into the receivers. He obviously has not looked good. So, you know, if you've watched the games, you see he's he's not throwing the ball the same. He says, a couple. he pointed out after the game last week that a couple of deep balls he threw was Tyler Lock. He had a couple of them that were decent. Um, they played, coming back from the injury, again, Packers defense that has been lights out for the most part against very good quarterbacks. And then they played an Arizona defense that, for the most part, has been lights out against opposing quarterbacks. And a very good defense. So, it's not like he's had cake opponents that he struggled against. I hope hope that some of the extended practice time and rest with the Monday game gives him an opportunity to get things right. I'm banking on the matchup, him getting things right. I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lock could both go off in this game. Um, so I think, you know, th- this is this is Russ. This, this is this is on him. You know, you can't sit here and do all this, these antics of the pregame warmups when you're not playing. And your team is, if he loses, by the way, one more game, it's the most losses his team has ever had since he's been the starter.
0: I, based on what I have read and seen, and I went back and I watched just about every throw he made, he's a little bit off. He missed Gerald Everett pretty open for a touchdown in the last game. But the biggest problem seems to be, look, like, they want to have this hybrid of quick stuff, get the ball out of his hand quickly, but also use his strengths to occasionally hit the deep ball because he's the best basically in the business at that. He's one of the best. The problem is they are so bad on third down. They are the second worst team in the NFL, third down conversions. Only Jacksonville is worse. That they can't sustain drives. They have the worst time of possession in the NFL. And if they don't hit those big plays, you got nothing. The good thing is the Washington football team is the worst third down defense in football. By far, they are allowing 53% conversions on third down. Number two is the Chargers at 47%. So everything is setting up great for this for the Seahawks offense. And if they can't get it going, either they're they're in real trouble, or I'm just going to say, well, it was a cross country trip and a one o'clock start, and they were tired. (laughs) They ate too much turkey. Um, It's Monday night. Oh. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. Of course. Uh, then forget it. Then it's fine. Honestly, that's like like. So he's he's and to in his
1: career on Monday night. He's got like hundred something passer rating on Monday night. He typically plays well in these setups, and so I'm 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 hopeful. I'm hopeful that he's gonna you know bounce back and and look like the quarterback we saw at the start of the season, the quarterback that we saw last season. Again, you know, and this goes to what you're talking about on third downs. Your run game stinks. Yeah. This 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 should absolutely be. This is the definition of. Throw to score, run to win. Put the ball in your quarterback's hands. Lean on, you know, D.K. Metcalf is begging for this. Lean on your playmakers. Alex Collins, D.J. Dallas, if Rashad Penny and, you know, whatever health he has is dragged out there, that's not the strength of your team. It's it's not. It's not Marshawn Lynch. It's not the best of Chris Carson. You have to let, if you're going to save your season by any stretch, it's got to be Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett on offense. I like the fact that Pete Carroll says Gerald Everett needs to stay involved. He's a guy you could look at as a streamer as well. Um, so... You know, hopefully that's the case.
0: All right, Gerald Everett or uh, or a Washington football team tight end.
1: Uh, Logan Thomas, if he plays, otherwise Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Jones with practice again.
0: Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby. I still have Higby ranked higher, but it's close. That means you have Ingram ranked higher than Everett as well. Yes. Uh, Taylor Heineke is top fifteen. He's fourteenth or fifteenth for you guys, and coming off a really good game. He was pretty bad before that, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Seattle's been good. So how can, how do you crack the top 15 for you, I guess? They've allowed six touchdown passes in their last six games, the Cardinals. They were really, the Seahawks, sorry. They were really bad last week against the Cardinals, but been better lately overall.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, it's, it's more of a, will he continue to use his legs? Will he continue to uh, lean on Terry McLaurin? We saw McLaurin have a good game last week in what we thought was going to be a tough matchup. Um, you're seeing other guys step up, you know, Deandre Carter scored a touchdown, three straight games. Uh, I'm hoping they get Logan Thomas back. You know, sometimes when we do these rankings, at least, you know, for me, I I kind of hedge myself a little bit. So I have Heineke ranked as if Thomas is going to play, even though we don't have Thomas
0: ranked. Okay. So you're looking at, uh, would you start Heineke or Tua? Heineke. Heineke.
1: This is not a great, you know, once we get past basically like QB 12 or 13 and, and get into this range. It's like you're hoping for 20 fantasy points.
0: All right, so you'd start Garoppolo and Taylor over Heineke. I would, yes. Tyrod Taylor over Taylor Heineke. And McLaurin's top 12. We talked about the running backs. Logan Thomas, you can start him if he plays. Seattle's 24th against tight ends. They, uh, they've been pretty bad. All right, Minnesota at San Francisco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I told you I'd forget.
1: Yep, this is from uh, Ian Rappaport uh, in regards to two guys from yesterday. Uh, Darren Waller is going to have tests today, but apparently was not in a lot of pain last night. So that's a good sign from what they're hoping. And Ezekiel Elliott is going to have his touches. They may alter touches between him and Tony Pollard going forward because of Elliott's bone bruise in his knee.
0: Awful fantasy. Awful news. I mean, unless you have Pollard. But that just sucks. Now, they always use Zeke at the goal line. And the passing game. Yeah, I hate it though. Just sit. Just let's see what Pollard can do. Minnesota at San Francisco. I think this game is really unpredictable because I think these defenses have been very inconsistent. Sometimes they look really good. Sometimes they look really bad. Uh, what do you think about this game, Minnesota and San Francisco?
1: I, I think, and I'm sure I'm going to be wrong, but this is the way I feel about it going in, is it's either going to be a very high-scoring game or very lopsided in favor of San Francisco.
0: Yeah. I can't see Minnesota blowing them out. Right. So, um, and I, right. I think you're probably right about that. I don't think it's going to be low scoring either, especially Minnesota. They're likely without Everson Griffin and Dalvin Tomlinson on their defensive line
1: and on the Neil Hunter.
0: (sighs) Yeah. And San Francisco's kind of rolling lately. They just seem to have it figured out. So which quarterback do you prefer in this game?
1: I prefer cousins because I think what's gonna like you're not getting away from Dalvin Cook and you know his his role in the passing game is still there. But I feel like San Fran will establish their run game and get get going and then you'll see whatever Garoppolo does creatively. Um, you know, he'll he'll I think the problem with Garoppolo is unless they're chasing points, which could happen because I think Minnesota's offense is in a little bit of a groove. Um if they're chasing points, not hugely, but then Garoppolo probably has a chance to get north to twenty five. But I think he kind of lives in that 20, 19 to 23 point range. And so you're hoping for like, you know, he's been consistently with two touchdowns, but it's been, you know, the last two weeks under 200 yards passing. So you're hoping for like a 250 and two type of game for him. And, you know, whatever he does on the ground with limited turnovers.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say the Vikings offense is in a groove. A few weeks ago, right after the Dallas game, they lost the Cooper Rush at home. They got nothing going. You know, oh, I know.
1: Cousins the start the week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Kubiak was under fire, and you know people were just that this offense is broken. And then they made a change two weeks ago. They just started throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson a ton, and he is carrying them. I mean, I'm so impressed with what I've been. I've watched each of the last two games live, basically, and he's just their best player right now. He's making every play. He's drawing pass interferences, and he's killing it. Um, and then, obviously, Cook is doing a lot too, but Cook is not really – Dalvin Cook this year. Jefferson is carrying that team.
1: It's awesome. Pete, Pete uh we had, we had a bunch of guys go to Vikings training camp. Uh, Brian McFadden and Pete Prisco being the two on-air talents. Um McFadden BMac is a former cornerback for the Steelers. His cousin's Patrick Peterson. They do a podcast together. It's great. And All things Pete, covered. Yes, Pete was there um you know doing his training camp tour and he came away from that saying Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL. And, you know, that's not a huge stretch to say based on his rookie season, but it's still a huge stretch to say based on Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and, you know, what those guys at the top of most fantasy rank lists were expected to do, DeAndre Hopkins, et cetera, Stephon
0: Diggs. You know who else said Um, that, right? Huh? You know who else said that? Uh, You said that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I said my bold prediction was that Justin Jefferson will be the best receiver in the NFL. I thought people, you know, every year we have a new best receiver in the NFL. I thought it was going to be Justin Jefferson. I don't think and we're so going to get that,
1: but he's great. You saw the, you saw obviously the, the, the slowish start, you know, he wasn't, you know, a flop by any stretch, but he wasn't playing like this. And like you said, they, the Kubiak came out of the game. Uh, I don't think it was Dallas game. But I think you, you said it two, two weeks ago, um, that it was just a travesty that he wasn't getting more targets.
0: Yeah. That he was, was the okay. game after Dallas. Um, right. But like, that,
1: that's on you, buddy. <laughs> you know, so yeah. um yeah, it's it's been fun to watch. It's opened things up for Adam Thielen, uh as as we saw. Um Is he a must start? Thielen? Adam Thielen?
0: I think so. Okay, Thielen or Lockett this week? Lockett. Yeah, but they're both gonna be starting. Just looking at the state of the wide receiver position. You wouldn't start Elijah Moore over Adam Thielen, would you? Uh in non PPR, I would
1: start just based on his touchdown potential and PPR, I'd go more.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, but that's the same range type of guys. And they're both both top twenty. So, all right. So yeah, the, the Tyler Conklin. Where is he in the streamers?
1: He I, I have him ahead of Everett. I don't feel comfortable with that. So like you know, it's between Ingram and and Everett range. You know, so thirteen through twenty.
0: Speaking of 13 through 20, Jimmy Garoppolo is 13th for Jamie and 20th for Heath and 10th for Dave. Three straight games with two touchdown passes. And then before that, he had two rushing touchdowns. So he's been 26, 23, 19, and 19. And I've brought this up earlier in the week. When they win, he throws like 25 times. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration. When they lose, he usually throws 40 times, and that is not an exaggeration. So I I don't I think this game's gonna be kind of in the middle. I think they'll probably win, but it's going to be one where he has to throw. They're not just going to, you know, run out the clock against. Right. The,
1: the concern for Garoppolo would be this, and this is why you're still starting every receiving option is that they run the ball because of the injuries up front to Minnesota, especially if Mitchell's there. If Mitchell's not there. It's better for Garoppolo, I think, because Wilson's just not as good. But if they if they run. And then he gets you one touchdown to Ayuk and one touchdown to Kittle. And he loses a touchdown to Debo running one in. So Debo still gets his production. And so that's essentially what we saw last week, right? Against Jacksonville?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, if Debo didn't get the rushing production, he would have been the biggest bust of the week. But Ayuk's... But that's what I'm saying. Like, right.
1: they're, they're, they're finding ways to put the ball in his hands.
0: Uh, yeah. And Ayuk has seven to eight targets in three of his last four games. So Ayuk is going to be a tough call for people. Would you go Ayuk or Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore. Would you go Ayuk or J.D. McKissick?
1: Ayuk uh, certainly non-PPR, probably McKissick. Ayuk uh, in PPR, I so still start Ayuk.
0: Ayuk, okay. Would you go Ayuk or Mike Williams? Ayuk. Jerry Judy. Ayuk. Devonte Smith. It sounds like I'm sneezing. Um, I- Ayuk. <laughs> All right, Gazan tight. George Kittle start, and you kind of laid it out with the running backs. Elijah Mitchell, if he plays, would he would he be in like the Daryl Henderson, Saquon Barkley range? Yes. And if he doesn't play, Jeff Wilson would be behind those guys. Would he be behind Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? No, ahead.
1: Okay. I, I think I think you can't overlook the fact that. If Tomlinson doesn't play as expected, if if Griffin is not there, uh, you know, there, there's only so much this defense can handle against this this team just runs the ball. I mean, you know, they're they're gonna give him every opportunity to run. So you know that there's the workload coming, and now you know that there's a little bit more of a favorable matchup.
0: Yeah, 19 carries last week for Wilson. Just hope Sermon doesn't eat into Plus that. Plus 10 for Sermon. You know, so they're not gonna give it to three guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, and that is it for this game. I'm assuming we're kind of like on the fence with the DSTs, with the Niners anyway?
1: Oh, I would try to stay away from Minnesota for sure. And the Niners are, look, they're playing a lot better. Um, so Cousins can always turn the ball over. But, yeah. you know, not a must-start DST by far.
0: Two games left. Eagles at Giants. Eagles in their last four games, they are 3-1. and one. They have scored 30 or more points in three or four games. Imagine had-
1: if they ran the ball to start the season.
0: Yeah. They've had 35 minutes of yeah, possession. In three, be really yeah, it's a big game for me. You've Got to beat those stupid Giants. Let's go. Um, and your repeat stat of the game. I think you all know this by now, but Eagles are the worst against tight ends. 77 yards or a touchdown now in seven straight games for a tight end against Philadelphia. So I guess what do you, you get to the point with tight end where you just when do you say, all right, fine, I'll stream Evan Ingram. You know who do you have to have to be like, all right, I'm gonna take Ingram.
1: I have him in two leagues where I have Travis Kelsey, you know, so it's just matchup. Buying to the matchup. I, I think if there's ever an example of buying to the matchup is Adam Troutman last week, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I would say that, you know, probably going into the, the Eagles game last week, the targets were relatively similar for each of these two tight ends. You know, getting five to six per week, six to seven per week, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And uh did very little with it. And then you play the Eagles and things look a lot better. You find the end zone. So um Kyle Rudolph, I believe, is out, right? Um,
0: I don't know if he's officially out, but he's probably out. Yeah.
1: And now you have Kadarius Tony banged up. You have Sterling Shepard banged up. You know, so is it taking your chances against the uh, perimeter guys like Slay and um, the other the other member of the secondary there, which is escaping me right now. I apologize. Uh, with Darius Slayton and John Ross. Or are you taking your chances with Galladay on the perimeter and Ingram in the middle of the field? Okay, so... Is this he, is a big spot for Ingram, you know, atone for your big drop last year that everybody
0: remembers. Yeah, but obviously you can't be too high because he's Evan Ingram. So No, no, like I,
1: I, there, there's nobody that has been started that I would start him over. You know, if you want to put Conklin in that conversation, Uzama in that conversation, Higby in that conversation, those are the names that I'm starting Evan Ingram over.
0: Okay, and let's talk about the, well, I guess we'll finish up on the Giants. Sit Daniel Jones, start Saquon Barkley. He's, he's 15th-ish. And he's been very reliable in the passing game. But this is probably the easiest matchup he's had all year. He's had very tough matchups. Um, and I know you say, like, well, what about Atlanta? Well, actually, they're pretty good against the run. The Eagles typically are not. But, uh, you know, he's struggling. But he'll catch passes. Anyways, Barkley, you're starting him.
1: I think the thing that you hope for, and this ties into Ingram as well, is Freddie Kitchens reportedly spent a lot of time with the tight ends. That was, a, was his position last year as a tight ends coach. And with the running backs. And so, you know, hopefully we get. If I'm Joe Judge and I'm making this move, it's not making this move to 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 be lateral and still be stagnant and do what you've been doing. It's Saquon it's it's almost like the Viking situation. Put the ball in your best player's hands. And so Saquon needs to have as many touches as he can handle. Stop with this two carries. He doesn't see the field again until the next drive. Um, or or you know, doesn't get touches yeah, yeah. until the next you know, you've got to get him in a rhythm early. You gotta give Galladay targets. You know, you may make mistakes, but give him six to eight targets in the game, especially if the other guys are out. You gotta give Ingram targets and, and take your chances there. Okay, so, so
0: who's who's your favorite running back in this game? It's Barkley. And who's your favorite wide receiver in this game? Smith. Would you start Galladay or Caden Smith. <laughs> Would you start Kenny Galladay or Alex Collins?
1: Uh, I would start Galladay. Right now, we have
0: it ranked. So if anybody's looking, we
1: have it ranked as if Kadarius Tony's still playing. So when Tony comes out, Galladay will move up, and I will remove him from start set. Right now, he's a set. Galladay.
0: What about Tony if he plays?
1: I think he's the best Giants receiver if Shepard's out. I mean, you, you saw it last week. I'll, I'll still say the same thing. This this is what Daniel Jones does. He looks for the guy in the middle of the field.
0: I don't know what Daniel Jones does. He looks for the other team a lot, too. <laughs> and, uh, okay. Okay. So, I, I guess the, my point is Barkley is the only must-start giant, right? Let's just say that. Uh,
1: Barkley is the only must-start giant, yes.
0: Right. Like Tony, even if he plays, is not going to be a must-start for you. And Tony only played, he plays like 60% of the snaps. Now, he got, did get hurt last week, but he gets hurt every week. Um, on the Eagles side of the ball, I really like Miles Sanders. I mean, I, I know he's going to have a good rushing average. Giants run defense stinks. It's just a matter of will he score. He's probably not going to catch a pass. I shouldn't say that, but it, there's a decent chance he doesn't catch a pass. He didn't last week. 16 carries for 94 yards. Uh, he is in your top 20. You're the highest on Miles Sanders. You have him 18th, so good for you. Boston Scott, <laughs> fun stats on him. He owns the Giants. He's scored a touchdown in every game against the Giants. His only receiving touchdown of his career is against the Giants. He has six games in his career with a rushing touchdown, and three of them were against the Giants, and a running back. two running backs have had 10 or more carries in four straight games for the Eagles. So, yeah, I don't think many people are going to start Boston Scott, but if you're desperate and he's in your waiver wire, it could be something there. Why are you so confident in Jalen Hurts? I think you have all of you have him fourth, I believe. Or fifth. Fifth. And this is a guy who in his last four games doesn't have more than 24 pass attempts, doesn't have more than 178 passing yards. He has three touchdown passes in his last four games. He had three rushing touchdowns last week, but putting him top five, I thought was pretty interesting.
1: Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of low by comparison to a couple of places. FanDuel has him as the number one quarterback this week, uh, based on pricing, uh,
0: in the main slate. Yeah.
1: In the main slate. Um, it's, it's not a great week for quarterbacks. First off, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, at least going in, you know, Dak, not having his two guys, uh, Stafford's been struggling. Joe Burrow's got a tough matchup, if the Steelers guys are there. Um, Rodgers has a broken toe, you know. So there's there's a lot of, and playing the Rams. So I think you just look at Hurts coming off the game that he just had, uh, hoping he's going to continue to run. Then um, you saw two games ago the multiple touchdowns to Devontae Smith. So if at some point he puts everything together, you know we could be looking at a top three performance for him. So it's comparing him to the field, and I think there's there's a lot to like about what Jalen Hurts brings to the table against the Giants defense that clearly is not great.
0: Yeah, I, I really hope this is a close game because it, it usually is. These teams play very good games, but at least recently. But um I, I may be wrong about that. I know they did last year. But if it's not, I'm just kind of worried about Devontae Smith. Because this he has a tough time getting more than six targets. He has a tough time getting more than sixty yards. You know, is, is he a must start? Is Devontae
1: Smith a must start? Yeah. Uh he is in the must start conversation, yes. Better, I think in Non PPR than PPR because he's just not going to have the huge volume of catches. But, uh, and you might see Bradbury, which could be tough on him. But uh, this is the type of receiver I think that Bradbury tends to struggle with, you know, smaller, quicker guys.
0: Yeah, he'll and probably so, see a Dory Jackson if that's the case.
1: Yeah, which I think is a good thing for him. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, he's a number two receiver, but he's a guy that we're going to talk about in, uh, in about uh, an hour and 15 minutes, so we need to wrap this up. (laughs) All
0: right, yeah, all right, all right. So, uh, Sanders or Devontae Smith? Miles Sanders or Devontae Smith?
1: Uh, Sanders. Smith and PPR.
0: Dallas Goddard is a must-start tight end, and that's the Eagles DST. You like them? I do. Okay. The Giants have won twice since 2014 against the Eagles. (laughs) Ridiculous. All right, last game is uh, Tampa Bay and the Colts. So... Brady, Godwin, Evans, must start. Brady or Hurts? Brady. What if Evans misses the game? Brady. Okay. Uh, Fournette, must start. He's in the Barkley-Henderson range. Tough matchup, though. Yeah, it is a tough matchup. Luckily, he has three or more catches in every game. He has 14 catches in his last two games. Always get that from Leonard Fournette. Uh, Gronkowski or Dallas Goddard? Who do you like?
1: I like... Gronkowski, especially if Evans is up.
0: The Colts have allowed 67 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in four straight games. And that's against Tennessee, the Jets, the Jaguars, and Buffalo. So this looks like a very good matchup. The Colts have a bad pass defense. That's been the, uh, the, the MO this year. Um, good run defense, though. Now, on the other side of the ball, Carson Wentz throws 11.8 more passes per game in losses than wins. And if you're looking at Michael Pittman's targets and why they've been so low lately, they're winning a lot lately. It, it, you know, the, if the Bucs put up points, that's going to be good for Pittman. How do you feel about... I know you're sitting Wentz and starting Taylor, but how do you feel about Pittman?
1: Uh, a little bit better than I did last week, but I still think that there's a couple of things at play here. First off, he's struggled with T.Y. Hilton on the field. His, his best games have come when Hilton's been off the field. Clearly, Jonathan Taylor's been amazing, and like you said, that's been a problem for the entire passing game. But I also think that this Bucks defense has turned the corner, you know, from where it was. Uh, you can't run on them. You can throw on them. Um, and they're getting guys healthy in the secondary. You can't throw on them to the same extent anymore. So I'm I'm concerned. I think it's – uh, he's not a slam dunk. He is in the uh, low end number two, high end number three receiver range. I would start Ayuk over him. I would start Elijah Moore over him. I would start Devontae Smith over him. I would start Chase Claypool over him. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of other guys that we might have talked about today. But uh, – Okay. Yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of where I come out with him.
0: Vita Vea, by the way, not that this affects Pittman, but Vita Vea is likely going to play. And the Buccaneers have not allowed more than 70 yards to a wide receiver in seven straight games. And in those seven games, only Traquan Smith and DeAndre Carter have caught a touchdown. Uh, but Pittman is arguably the second-best wide receiver they will have faced in that stretch behind McLaurin, who was really bad. All right, that's going to wrap it up. We've got FFT in an hour and 10 minutes, so Jamie has to drive to the office. we got to get going. Um, th- I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for being with us early on this Friday morning. Mailbag coming up later, uh, and we will talk to you then. Uh, see you later. Okay, picture
1: this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.